Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Business from the Bass Boat Podcast on the Serious Angler Network, powered by X2 Power. Guys, I have been traveling the last week and a half, two weeks here, and it has been just a whirlwind um, and just a little bit of time of, of catching up on work and going back and forth from tournaments. I've been all the way in um, upstate New York, fishing Lake Champlain, all the way back to a tournament here in Southern Colorado. And then I went and antelope hunted for a day or two and have been working in between it all. So it has been hectic and missed a show last week. So apologize about that folks. We had somebody cancel last minute, but that's how it goes sometimes. And on today's show, we're going to talk a lot of really cool things. Um, as you guys know, a lot of my interest in the bass fishing world is surrounding bass boats. I love bass boats. I love a bunch of aspects around bass boats. Um, I love boat races in the morning. I love everything to do with bass boats. And an important part of that really is the back end of the boat, your transom, your motor, that entire area generally on today's boats include a jack plate and more so on advanced touring boats on, on most professional boats, you'll see a hydraulic jack plate. And we've got somebody coming on to talk a new jack plate to the market when it comes to this stuff which is awesome to me and without further ado let's bring steven in steven how are you hey pretty good adam thank you so much for having me i'm i'm excited to be here awesome awesome man and you guys are based out of minnesota correct minnesota yep where whereabouts in minnesota uh central minnesota the the st cloud area it's it's about an hour and hour and a half north of minneapolis st paul nice very nice. Well, you and I had met at iCast, which is just awesome. It was my first experience there this last year. Had a great time walking around, seeing new products. And what caught my eye was the super dark black Powertran jack plates, man. Yeah. Uh, I think they look really slick. I think there's a lot of folks going to more of a, a dark um, outline on their boats or at least solid colors kind of thing. And, and I've just thought it was, it looked unique. And I was like, man, you know, I've, I've really, the jack plate market has been very, uh, uh, especially the hydraulic market. Really there's been two main competitors in that market when it comes to bass boats. And yeah. this was something completely new to me and, uh, liked a bunch of the features. Um, but we'll get into that. But was that your, your first iCast experience or had you been to iCast in the past? I've been to iCast, uh, I think that was my fourth year. I, okay. One year, I didn't go personally, but I, I sent a couple of my pro staff guys down there to represent us. I, I, I had a prior engagement I couldn't get away from, but uh, so I, I've been down there a little bit. And it, it's always like, it's a, a blast of a show. Like it, it is the show to go to in, in fishing. Like we've been to, we've been to smaller boat shows and sports shows and stuff and it's just like you cannot beat the fun factor of iCast. Like it, everybody's showing off their new stuff. Everybody's excited. Like it's fun to be there, and then it's fun to get a chance to walk around like you did and, and see everything that's you know that's new that's coming out. Exactly. No, I I just it was it was fantastic and, and enjoyed just uh, meeting with folks and 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 that kind of a thing too. And um, I just think it's it's such an exciting time in the industry to see different things come out and see what everyone's uh, getting excited about. Um, but your background, let's go into a little bit about kind of how you got into the role that you are in sure. um, with Powertran. But what's your? Did you grow up in Minnesota? Are you a yeah. fishing guy? What's let's let's hear all about it. 
Sounds good. Yeah, I I grew up, you know, grew up here in St. Cloud, Minnesota, um, and you know, did a lot of fishing, just just like off the dock type stuff. My parents lived on a lake, so I grew up on a lake, and and you know, my dad was far more into ice fishing than he was open water fishing, so I did a lot more ice fishing growing up. Love it. Uh, okay. And then just kind of started to pick it up here and there, and and get more excited about getting out on the water on a boat and and. You know, walleye fishing, crappie fishing, sunfish, and and then obviously bass, and so it, it was kind of a a kind of a perfect opportunity uh, when I was presented with really a chance to come work for Powertrend and and see if if we could grow it from where it was. Um, that was my my educational background. I went to school for advertising. Um, had you know most of my experience was in sales. And they needed a, a person in a like a sales and marketing position. So, you know, reached out. I I agreed, you know, almost immediately was like, yes, let's do this. Uh, you know, jumped in and, and I've been with the company now for almost 10 years. Wow. That is awesome. Awesome. And your and your current role is um, director of sales and marketing. That that's correct. Yep. So, so I handle, you know, pretty much everything you could think of, right? So, um, all of our distributor sales, OEM sales, all run through me. I coordinate the pro staff. I set up our events, um, obviously the trade shows and stuff like that, design all the literature, brochures, installation manuals, um, you know, direct any video stuff that, that we put out is all, you know, kind of storyboard that and work with, uh, filmers and, and stuff to get that rolling um you know pretty much anything you can imagine i've got my finger in so it's a lot awesome. of fun yeah sounds like you're you're probably doing a lot of different things it sounds like uh you probably would hard to get kind of bored with uh, all the different things <laughs> you got going yes there's always something new um you know always uh, you know just today i've spent most of the day um you know going back and forth with distributors trying to get new ones on board that we met at icast um, sure. and then also at, least at the same time, trying to storyboard out some video stuff that we want to get shot yet before, uh, before the summer ends. So it's, it's kind of like a mixture of both. And like, so there's always something to do, but it's, it's a ton of fun. I mean, it's all, all right in the area. I mean, to, to be able to, to work in boating and fishing is a dream come true. I mean, it, it's literally as close to a dream job as you could get. So, yeah, I mean, literally talking fishing and, and that kind of stuff. That's a big reason started the podcast. Like, it's, it's, it's hard sure. to make it feel like work when you're doing uh, stuff that you love. Exactly. Yep. Awesome. And so, give us a little bit of background on Powertrain in general. You know, looking through all of your guys' stuff, and then also just in the boot there seems like kind of multifaceted, not just obviously the bass world. You guys do a lot with walleye stuff and trolling things. I mean, give us just a, an overlay of what Powertran is. Sure. So, you know, it's funny because the company has been around for almost 40 years, right? Um, and it started in Minnesota. It's always been in Minnesota, but it's changed hands a number of times. We've been bought and sold by different companies that, that just really you know, I don't know if they didn't believe in it or they didn't have time to, to do what it needed to be done, but it was most recently bought um, back in 2011 is right. kind of when this new ownership group took it on. And, and so we had a lot of legacy products, you know, stuff that already existed before we before we came in. And that's where you see some of the stuff in the walleye industry. Um, you know, we've got a, a steering system for kicker motors. So these guys that that are, um, you know, out there trolling and using their kicker to kind of help. You can steer that remotely with our tail fin system. Um, we've got a line of electromechanical trim tabs. They're built for durability on these big, you know, ZB21, these, you know, these multi-species boats. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, like brackets and and just a, a ton of stuff. Like the company's been around for a long time. We've been making jack plates almost that entire time. Wow. Um, you know, people don't really know that 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 jack plates have been around for that long. It's just that our core market for the longest time was essentially Alaskan guys that were running on the river. Interesting. Okay. Our model of jack plate had seven inches of vertical travel and a large mounting footprint, which is exactly what those guys wanted for their jet boats. Yeah. Uh, so we were selling jack plate. I mean, we've been selling jack plates up there again for, for over 20 years at least. Um, and uh, it was kind of several years ago, it, it was kind of discussed, you know, this idea that we really didn't do much in, in the bass market, especially, but even in like the walleye market, we didn't have a lot of traction with our jack plates, but we've got this wealth of knowledge uh, that's come from making them for so long that, sure. you know, let's start designing something different. Um, you know, something that was more, in tune to what like an angler would want in a jack plate rather than more of a utility. Like let's, let's think about different ways of, of uh, operating a jack plate and, and different ways of even machining it, trying to make it uh, you know more efficient to machine um, power, all that stuff. And, and that's really where this new jack plate was born. Um, you know, I would say like it, it's, it's a new unit, like it's, it's brand new, but it's, it's based on a lot of years of experience and knowledge that we built up on, on jack plates in general. So it's, it's really come a long way. Um, that new, the new design, as we, like I said, we talked about it, it's been going on three years. This thing has been in development as we've refined and, and thought about different ways of, of doing it. And, um, just really, really excited that it's finally coming together and, and we're finally able to show everybody, you know, what, what a jack plate innovation can look like. And, you know, I think you kind of alluded to it earlier that there just hasn't been, um, this really hasn't been any innovation in jack plates sure. in a very long time. I mean, there's two main companies that again, they, they control the market, but, but there's nothing real big to differentiate either of them from each other. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where we come in. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and I just want to, I, I love watching, I've never been in a jet boat and I've seen guys running those rivers. Uh, it's crazy to me, even in like Idaho and Washington and kind of that part of the country. And then, like you said, in Alaska, those jet boats, um, are wild. I mean, so you, you're saying your guys is, you know, main market being that way had a, had a wide, uh, a wide base to it. And then also obviously seven inches of vertical lift. So a lot of, a lot of lift there, but what did the, it, it, I mean, what are they looking for in a jack plate in compared to like, say a bass boat or a walleye boat? Yeah. So my experience with it has been what a lot of these guys will do is they'll have an outboard set up as both a prop drive and a jet drive. So oh. when it's a prop drive, they want, they want to push that, uh, that motor all the way down, get it as deep into the water as they can. Sure. Now, when it's when it's a jet drive, they want to go the opposite. They want that that motor or that that drive raised up as high as they can, and that's where they said just that extra two inches, two two and a half inches at times of of travel made ours a much better choice for those guys, um, so that they could get both worlds of use out of one jack with one boat essentially. Wow. Okay, I see. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, no, I just jack plates to me, and I and I'm someone who currently doesn't have a hydraulic jack plate i've always wanted one and uh there are uh been in a lot of boats with hydraulic jack plates and i see the advantage with them i've just got a standard um manual jack plate on my boat yes. um but to me to get the most performance out of your boat out of your boat in rough water in 
shallow water in speed to dial everything in and to not have to adjust everything manually is incredible to me from a hydraulic standpoint. Um, I would say one, one thing that I, I would love to hear about, and I think we did discuss if, if I recall correctly, if you have a failure out there, that's something that I've, I've heard before. You know, I've had friends trim their jack plate all the way up, their hydraulic jack plate all the way up, get stuck. And then they're running across four footers across the lake and their motors all the way up. First of all, they can't get on plane and then they don't, they don't have any control and it's a horrible experience, but that's something that has always been a little bit of concern of mine when it, when going hydraulic, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts there and, and what kind of, um, have you heard of any stories with that and what has powertrain kind of done with that? For sure. Yeah. There's always stories of it, right? Like, because the jack plate, it's, you know, it's connected to the battery one way or another. And if you have a battery failure or, you know, or something like that, I mean, it, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a failure within the jack plate for something like that to occur. Sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it, it happens to everybody at, at one time or another. Like we always say with, with boating, like you can't just have plan B, you got to have C, D and E because whatever is going to go wrong, goes wrong. And, and you see it at the highest level of competition, you know, these guys on, on the highest bass stages and stuff are, are having trouble with their motor or their boat, you know, and you think like if it can happen to them, it can happen to anybody. Right. Yes. Um, so that's really like one of the biggest advantages um, that our new jack plate offers uh, under the impulse Marine jack plates brand. Uh, our line, this uh, that we released is called the Voltix series Voltics. and the Voltix is an all electromechanical jack plate. So it's not hydraulic in any way. There's no fluids, no hoses, and, uh, you know, none of that. It's all just an electromechanical actuator. And that provides a lot of advantages over a hydraulic unit. Mm-hmm. One of the main ones that, that you're kind of alluding to right now is we actually have a manual override built into our actuator. So if there is a, ever a failure, you know, if the battery dies or something happens and you're stuck, a six millimeter Allen wrench uh, twisted around in that actuator will raise or lower it to get you back uh, in a proper position to at least get back to shore and then address the problem. Sure. Uh, which is something that, again, a hydraulic jack plate just can't do uh, because it's all based on pressure. Ours is ours is based on screw position, so it makes it incredibly easy for a manual override. Wow. Wow. So no no hydraulics at all in this jack plate. And, Correct. and one more time, yeah. it's electro, what, what's it? What's the actuator? Well, yep, electromechanical. Electromechanical. So, yeah, it, it's basically, it's all one unit, but it's basically just an electric motor driving a screw actuator. Um, very, very simple design. Uh, the, the actuators are, are completely, obviously, waterproof. They're, they're built strong. Um, this jack plate, the Voltix series, has a rating of 450 horsepower. Uh, the actuators, again, they're just, they're just workhorses. You don't have to worry about any type of, of hydraulic bleed down or creep. Um, it, it's pretty much if you've got power to that system it's going to move uh and it's going to move exactly and then stay where you want it again there's no bleed down or or anything like that that you got to worry about sure sure and something too to me and and i'm curious to see uh your thoughts too on the difference when you're talking hydraulic and not some jack plates i've noticed just driving friends boats and stuff it'll almost be like a choppy rise like it's like like i feel it It, you know it's not it's not a very smooth kind of situation i mean Mm -hmm. is that just is there like maybe a gap in the hydraulic fluids or or, um can that happen i guess with with this type of situation sure yeah i mean honestly most cases it's probably just the operation of you know the hydraulic pump so essentially a hydraulic unit 
is all run off of pressure. So the more you know fluid you put in there, more pressure you create, and that's what gets you your lift. And sure. then the pump pulls it back down and, and gets it out. So under a lot of stress, where you know, especially if you're riding at, at top speed and you're trying to lift that jack plate, it's putting a lot of stress on that oh, actuator man. and it's having to overcome uh the essentially the weight and the stress to, to push more fluid up in and get that jack plate to lift. Um, which again is something that, that you don't experience in an electromechanical actuator because it's designed to run smoothly, no matter what the weight it's just going to, it's just going to lift. Um, it, it doesn't have to work harder per se to lift when there's more stress. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. I mean, yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, to me, when you're, there's, there's a lot of pressure when you're running 70 miles an hour and uh, everything is, is literally on your transom and your jack plate in the back yeah. of your motor. That, that's crazy to me. I didn't think about how much, uh, how much pressure goes into all that. Yeah, you think about, you know, these outboards can weigh anywhere from, you know, 600 to 1,000 pounds. Uh, like I said, running at 70 miles an hour and pushing against a, a really heavy boat, it, it basically creates a, a fulcrum point. Um, between the outboard and the boat is is what that jack plate is then becoming so it's it's got as much pressure as it's ever going to have is coming right there and you know again at top speed you got to try to overcome that pressure on you know if if you take that same jack plate and just try to run it up at the dock sure you would never see that that choppiness it would just go smooth because it's it's not there's no pressure running against it sure sure okay and and with this this new model so the voltex voltex okay voltex, yep. when, when when is that going to be released or is it out currently we're working on that right now that's uh you know iCast. i'll say this we we decided very late uh to do iCast because we weren't sure if we were going to be ready and and uh you know we ultimately decided that it was the right time to start showing people what we were working on um, so we came back from that. We're, we're really, really close. Um, like everybody, we're experiencing delays when it comes to our electronic components and, and just making sure that we have stock built up before sure. we put it out, uh, you know, for retail sales. So we're anticipating, um, we're still anticipating that we're going to sell some here in 2022 yet. Um, but at, at the very least, uh, you know, we should be ready for an early 2023 uh, release and, and have them start to be available on the website and through our dealers. In that early season, getting ready for the voting season, twenty twenty three. Awesome. And one thing I wanted to go over. Let's let's get into a little bit of the features, other than the. I'm gonna mess this up again. Electra, uh, electromechanical, uh, yeah, electromechanical actuator versus being hydraulic. Um, the ability to then, if you are stranded, change things with a simple six millimeter wrench. That's awesome. I love that feature because, like you said. Um, boats, boats are horrible. Quick side tangent. I, up at Lake Champlain this last week, I flew in and fished as a co-angler with some buddies and, um, we had three, three, uh, uh, MLF tack warehouse pro circuit guys staying at the house, all good friends and had a great week. We had three lower units go out. Keep in mind, these are all boats within, you know, two to three years old, like just, just incredible to me. And, uh, especially guys like that, where their entire livelihood is dependent on those days. It, we were joking and it's like, okay. How can a boat cost a hundred grand and be the, the price double of like a pickup yet they break down seven times as much as any car ever does. Yeah. It's just crazy. It, to me. it is. It, it's unreal. Like I, there's no, there's no real good reason behind it. It just, it, it just happens. Like that's just yeah. the industry. It's the way we just got to deal with it. Like, 
um, yeah, it, it, you're, you're not the only one. There's a lot of guys that have stories of like that, of, of lower units going out, um, you know, Battery stuff that you just wouldn't expect. Exactly. Yeah. It's wiring. I mean, it's just, it's crazy to me. Um, and like you said, it's like the industry, hopefully folks like yourself and, and other people who are trying to actually innovate in this industry can uh, minimize some of that stuff. Because like you said, some, some, some things in this industry seem to just kind of run the same forever and there's not very much innovation. And, uh, I just, I just love little stories like this when it comes to an innovative, uh, topic, but anyways, back to the Voltex. So, um, other features involved that are going to be, uh, different from your traditional, um, I guess if we're not calling it a hydraulic jack plate, but it's not a manual jack plate, what would we call this? Just a moving jack plate. That's (laughs) Let's call it a powered jack plate. Powered like jack plate. Big, I like we, it. We we face that one all the time. Like you know, you, you talk to people even at ICAST, people will walk by and they go, "Oh, a new hydraulic jack plate." Like it's just it's the nomenclature. People have learned that it's a jack plate is a hydraulic jack plate. So we got to work on changing the narrative. I not like all jack it. Plates are hydraulic. That uh, you know that we're coming in with the electromechanical one, but yeah. Um, yeah, so and that's the thing, right? So electromechanical jack plates, again, they offer things that hydraulic units simply don't. And one of the biggest and best features of the Voltix uh, that's based off of the electromechanical nature is electromechanical actuators can uh, can learn their position, right? They can become smart because it's all based on rotations of the of the electric motor. Yeah. So that allows you then once you once you have position, uh, you know, feedback in that actuator. We were able to program our remote with three programmable buttons. Mm-hmm. So you got three programmable memory positions for your jack plate. So if you got a spot that, that you've known is like, this is the best point at, at 2.25 inches is the best spot for my whole shot. You can program that. So when you, you anywhere your jack plate's sitting, you hit that button, it's going to go up or down and reach that 2.25 inches. So you're ready for your whole shot. Um, then if you got a spot that you, you know, it's like at, at two inches is like perfect for on plane, then you can program that you can have, you can program a, a good spot for loading your boat. If you know, you want it all the way up, uh, to load your boat on the trailer, you can do that. So all you're, you're basically hitting a button and then the jack plates working in the background while you bring your hand back to the steering wheel or do other things. Um, it, it's basically working for you. So, um, and again, it's just something you can't do with a hydraulic unit. Uh, the way they they it's work impossible. in pressure, they're 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 just not as precise. So sure, yeah, well, that's that a, a big deal for us to be able to get that. Yeah, I mean, so so, and that is something that I remember from the display at ICAST that I was super impressed with was you guys had the jack plate sitting there. You had this memory remote that would literally um, think of it. I mean, you could mount it right in your dash, yeah. just like a hydraulic or jack plate gauge, similar situation but you have the ability to have three stored memory situations. So to me, I'm thinking in my head as a tournament angler, okay, I'm going to have my top speed uh, where I, where I want my off or my height at top speed. And then I'm going to have my rough water situation, right? If, if I want my motor down in, this is what it's like. It's perfect when I'm cutting two and three footers or two footers going right over the top of them. This is the depth that I want. And then, I mean, that's just, and then have the ability to still go up and down with a traditional yeah. trim and tilt slab. But I just thought that was genius because it is such a, um, a pain to sometimes see exactly where you want to be and, and how precise when you're talking about those saved 
memory functions? Is it within a half of an inch, a quarter inch? Where can you go to what number? Yep, within a quarter inch. Um, yep, wow. that's all the moves on this jackplate are done in quarter inch increments. Uh, we okay. found that, that beyond that, I mean, getting any more finite than that just becomes more of a more of a pain. You, you're generally moving quarter to a half inch at a time that if you had like an eighth inch, you're going to sit there and hold the button uh, to make it go where you want right. it to go. So we set it at a quarter inch and it's, yeah, it's, it's been solid. Um, like I said, the whole, whole idea behind that was all based on tournament anglers and the idea that, um, you know, you're done with a spot, right? You're, you're coming back to the wheel and you're going to, you're going to go to the next spot. You can hit the button on, on that remote. So jackpot's already moving to its whole shot position as you're throwing your life jacket on, hit the key and it's ready to go. You hit the, you know, hit your throttle and go. So it is no wasted time. Like it's working for you while you're doing other stuff. Uh, cause seconds count, right? I mean, especially in a close, close tournament, you're like, I got to get to the spot. I'm going to have, you know, 10 minutes to fish it. Like you don't want to be screwing around with your, with your jackpot. If you don't have to be, you just hit the button and let it go. That's okay. So that, that I didn't even think about that, but every time, even without right, a hydraulic jackpot on my boat, just always just setting my trim and stuff. Every single time I'm, I'm getting ready to go somewhere. I'm having to, because you get off pad, you're generally not trimmed all the way down. So yeah. I'm already starting to trim. But like normally for me, it's like, all right, I'm going to get a snack or I'm going to eat something when I'm running because I'm not eating while I'm fishing. Yeah. So I'm like digging around in a cooler, having to reach somewhere and hold one hand on everything. But it's like, if you can just already hit a button and then be doing what you need to do, maybe it's getting a rod completely untangled or something. That's That's genius to me. I like it. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's it's all about, you know, uh, you talk about like speed of a jack plate, you know, how fast does a jack plate go up and down? And that's important, definitely. Sure. Uh, but there's nobody out there that can match what we call functional speed, which is that jack plate. Again, you're it's working while you're not. You don't have to have your hand on on the switch, on the lever, whatever, to get to a spot that you know you're going to get to. Uh, you, you just hit the button and go like there's, there's no jack weight that can match our functional speed. Um, up and down speed is, is right there with everybody else too. Um, you know, if you, if you match them side by side, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's speed, right? It's convenience. It's, it's trying to get from one spot to the next. It's trying to be there faster than the next guy. It's, it's everything that, that comes into it. And it's all designed around tournament anglers. I mean, we're guys here in the shop, we're all tournament anglers, right? So this is where this stuff comes from is, is thinking about jack plates in a different way. Like, you know, why do we got to sit there and hold a button? Can't we just hit a button and let it go? Um, you know, the, the same thing can be said about uh, the remote itself. So, you, I mean, you touched on it. Our our remote, our control with those three memory buttons has a, a digital gauge on it. And that comes standard with every jack plate. So it's not an optional upgrade. It's not something you got to spend a few hundred bucks extra to get and, and have installed. Sure. And then because of, of the way we were able to run that, it's wireless, completely wireless. So you don't have to, wow. you know, screw I, it. You don't have to run wires from the from the dash down into something. Or, I did or, not know that. So it's completely wireless. It's completely wireless, yeah. So it, we've got a little, basically a little clasping clip that you can mount to the dash and just stick it right in there. Mm -hmm. um, if you need to replace the batteries at some point, I think it runs AA batteries. You just pull it out of that clip, take the battery compartment off throw some new batteries and stick it back and, and it's ready to rock. So it, it's incredibly easy to rig, you know, guys that guys that are concerned, guys that are wanting to do it themselves. Sure. It, there's nothing easier. And then dealers that are going to be rigging these are OEMs. Like again, you just can't be wireless control like that. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, we still have uh, a switch output. 
So you can plug in, like if you like the blinker style switch mounted sure. behind the wheel, yeah. uh, you can plug that into ours and use that in addition to just using the remote as a gauge or have your favorite positions put in there. But you can do all your your little tweaks to your height with that wheel mount switch. Sure, sure. I like it. That's awesome. Um, another feature that I, I think uh, we discussed there uh, at ICAST that was interesting to me and especially for folks, and, and after we had a conversation, you and I had a conversation with it, I was talking to some friends about this, um, especially with shorter garage doors, but to have the ability to um, adjust your jack plate from the back of the boat, not necessarily having to run up to the front yeah. and have somebody touching the blinker switch in a tight garage, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that and it, it's really funny. Like that one is, that was a late addition to this project. I mean, it came really late just, I mean, literally a few months ago yeah. and it, it comes from, again, the idea of, of, uh, you know, our engineer, Mike and myself, and we're just going over, you know, what we experience with jack plates and, and thinking about the fact that, you know, on your outboard motor, you've got a, a trim switch mm-hmm. so that you don't have to climb back in your boat to trim your motor up and down. And it's like, well, why doesn't your jack plate do that? Why yeah. do you climb back in the boat to, to make your moves with the jack plate? Cause everybody who runs a, a, a powered jack plate, has run into it before where you get off the lake, you got the boat trailered. Like for me, I run my jack plate all the way up when I'm trailering the boat or when okay. I'm, when I'm loading the boat. Sure. Um, so get everything, get all strapped down and, and good to go. All of a sudden you look and the jack plate's still all the way up and that's not where I want to trailer it. So now I got to jump in the boat, go grab this, you know, I've got a paddle switch as well. Just drop it down in the trailering position. It's like, it, it's and one of those necessary steps. Yeah, right there. (laughs) Once you once you think about it, you wonder why it was never done before. That you know, on the frame of our jack plate, we've got one more button. Um, It's recessed in, and it's basically a programmable button for trailering position. It says trailer right on it. You can put it at whatever height you want to trailer your boat at. It can be changed at any time. um, You know, as conditions or whatever might might dictate. But like you said, you just you get to you get to the garage and go. I got to get. I got to get the motor lowered a little bit here. You don't got to jump in the boat. Just run out to the back, hit the trailer button. You know, it's programmable. Go to whatever position you wanted it to. Sure. And you're done. I love it. I love yeah. it. The automation in this. I mean, it's just, it's innovative. Um, am I missing any other features uh, of this, of this jack plate? Uh, we, we covered it pretty well. Um, yeah. You know, again, I'll, I'll just mention that. So like the, that remote gauge, that's a standard. It comes with every jack plate. It's not an optional upgrade. The same is uh, true for the whole shot plate, basically okay. a, whole, a plate on the bottom of the jack plate that covers up that the, you know, the, the opening at the bottom yeah. of the jack plate, yeah. it, allow, it, it takes advantage of the, the water coming off the back of the boat, kind of pushes up on that plate, helps the whole shot better. Um, so every company, like, oxygenating like the the water right there to be able to to have your motor spin quicker to get on pad well essentially um you know if you think about like as a boat runs through the water it's kind of compressing the water level down so then as that water comes off the back of the boat it's rising sure Um, what it would do without a whole shot plate is it would go up into the frame of the jack plate Mm -hmm. where it just it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt anything but it doesn't offer any benefits right um with a whole shot plate it's basically just a a piece of uh, aluminum sure. that covers up the hole in the bottom of the jack plate that, you know, basically seals the bottom of the frame up. Yeah. So then as that water comes off the back of the boat and it's rising up, it hits that plate. It's got nowhere to go, but to force pressure up into that plate, which mm. helps bring the nose of the boat down. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
So like every it. every other jackplate offers one of these. You know, Atlas, Bob's, even Sea Star, they all offer them as as optional upgrades. Uh, yeah. Once again, for us, that's just it, it's standard a piece that everybody should have. So it's standard with every jackplate. Um, you you touched on the color of the jackplate. Once again, we we look at trends. We look at what you know the professional guys are doing. What what you're seeing on boats. You can go to boat shows and all that stuff. And it seems like uh, black jackplates are are in right now. Yeah, uh, I, I always I liken it to like rims on a truck. Uh-huh. You know, it seems to go in cycles. There's times when chrome, sure. everybody wants chrome. It's just it's clean, it's look right, and then it goes to like everybody wants black, and yep. we're we're in that black period right now. Everybody wants a black jack plate. It looks so good on on really any outboard. Um, you know, just kind of matches that well rather than uh, like a burnished or a polished aluminum. Uh, you know, tends to. It tends to draw more attention to the jack plate because it, it looks a little bit more out of place. You got, you know, maybe you got a black mercury hanging off the back there and a black, uh, black boat. And then you got a big, you know, chunk of aluminum. Yeah, in there. Yeah. So, um, so once again, you know, we just said we're, we're going to do what's the most popular. We're, we're going to do it right out of the gate. Um, so every jack plate is, is black anodized. Um, they're all, like I said, they're all rated for 450 horsepower and they're all built on what we're calling a modular frame design. Okay. So essentially, if you look at like like an Atlas, uh, is if you get a ten inch setback Atlas, they're generally running like a six inch jack plate and then a set of four inch spacers, and okay. that's how you get your ten inch setback. Okay. When you think about that, like going in there to tighten the bolts to install the jack plate or or to tighten the bolts, um, you know, it's just part of routine maintenance. You got to contend with essentially big C channels inside that are restricting where your hands can go, where the wrenches can go. It just becomes a little bit more difficult to work with. Sure. By switching to a modular frame design where, where every setback is, is open. Mm-hmm. Uh, it allows us, it just creates a lot more working space inside that jack plate to make it easier to rig. Mm-hmm. And it, it saves us a lot of machining costs uh, over what other people might be facing because we can, we can machine based on, on setbacks that we think are you know going to sell more or, or be able to, to uh, kind of schedule that out a little bit better. Sure. So one of the big kind of driving forces behind uh, our pricing and, and things we looked at with this jack plate is that every single setback option in the Voltix line is going to cost you the exact same amount of money. Mm. Um, and, and because it, with our process, it doesn't really add that much more for costs for a 12-inch versus a 6-inch. Yeah. Uh, but what we didn't want to have is, is we didn't want to have somebody – you know, who maybe benefit from a 10 inch setback, yeah. but they go to eight to save some money. Save a little right? bit. Of cash. Sure. Exactly. And it can be a lot. If you look at some of the other, I mean, it's, it can be 150 to $200 just to go up in setback mm-hmm. uh, where that might be prohibitive to somebody when they really should be running a 10 or they should be running a 12, but they go, you know, it just, put the eight on there so I can save some money. Um, this is all about performance, whatever performance is right for your boat. That's what you should have. I agree. Right? Yeah. It, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a cost issue. I mean, let's face it. You hit the nail on the head earlier. Bass boats are a hundred thousand dollars. Now, some of them like costs are getting, getting hard to handle out of control. And guys are looking for ways to, to cut costs or save money whenever they can. And, and we don't want them to have to sacrifice performance to do that. Yeah. Well, and let's get into that setback topic. Um, exactly. I guess explain in general to folks who aren't familiar with what setback is and um, maybe how to set up your boat and, and what exactly that entails, because you're talking a lot about a, di- a different amounts here, but what does setback actually mean? 
Yeah, so setback is essentially the the thickness of the jack plate um, relative to the boat and motor uh, and basically how far back your outboard motor is going to be set from the transom of the boat. Sure. So, um, you know, if you think about like on a, on a typical with no jack plate, um, your, your outboard's mounted right to the transom. If yep. you put a jack plate in there, it's pushing it back some, some length. Yep. Um, setback is, is one of the toughest, one of the toughest things to really figure out in terms of like, how much do you need and how sure. much, you know, can you, can you really handle it? It's almost, there's so many variables to that equation in terms of like how long your boat is, how big a horsepower you have, how your boat's set up, what type of a prop you're running, what are you trying to get performance wise? Like there's no set science to setback per se. That's almost, that's almost to me like a a strong, I mean, and, and it's like, like you talked about like truck wheels and tires and, and seeing different, different trends. I feel like for a while there, there was a trend of having a really big setback on boats. Yes. Like you saw motors hanging way off the end of mo- boats. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know if that was a top speed thing, but I feel like to me and, and um, like having Rick Pierce with Bass Cat on the show or, or folks like uh, even a, a really high level dealer and you're talking with, with folks that are really know that boat and, and boats, it's crazy to me how much they're always changing not only in design, but also having to change whole design because of four-stroke motors, right? Versus a two-stroke motor. And like you mentioned props, there's so many equations that go into like the top performance of your boat. And in my opinion, a, a power jack plate, there we go, uh, is not is a good part of that situation because you can adjust everything and figure out what your boat sets. But sorry, back to back to setbacks there. No, yes. Yeah, so many variables. Exactly right. There, there's so many variables that go into it. Generally speaking, the further setback you go, the better. And, okay. and you kind of uh, you were kind of touching on the, the the theory behind that, which is again, as your boat runs through the water, it's pushing that water down. It's it's creating air bubbles and pockets and things in the water uh, okay. that, as the boat moves through it, that water wants to come back up. Uh, the further you can set your motor back, the cleaner water you're allowing your Um, propeller to run in right i've heard clean water yeah clean water equals speed okay that's exactly what you want you want your propeller to run in that clean you know really dense water without the air bubbles and pockets and stuff like that because if that propeller you know it it seems small but a propeller cuts through you know an air bubble there's no force there it has to cut through the water to get the power behind to push i see i see Awesome. And so that's generally where setback, the idea comes from is the further you set your boat back, the more of that, that kind of rougher water has cleaned up by then. And the higher you can actually run your, your propeller, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the higher you can run your outboard because you're, uh, you're taking advantage of the fact that all that water has returned back to a static level. Uh, it's not being compressed by the boat anymore. And efficiency wise, you know, the, the closer you can get your propeller to, to basically pushing the direct transom of the boat, like the higher you can run your propeller is, is the best. That's a so good. that's essentially what, what setback does. Now there's some factors that go into that in terms of like, you know, the size of the boat and then the size of the motor. If you, if you're putting on a really, uh, let's say overpowered, not overpowered, but if you're maxing out the horsepower rating on like an 18 foot boat, yeah. uh, you're generally going to, for, for weight position and stuff, you're generally not going to want to shove it as far back as, as somebody else might. So that's where you might see like in, you know, a, a six or an eight inch setback. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Okay. 
So a lot, a lot of variables there, but the, the main premise is that you guys are trying to get someone set up with the perfect setup and not sacrifice um, a cost difference for, for that 10 or 12 inch extra setup. That's exactly right. You know, we, we look at stuff and, and again, you, the industry is becoming in such a way like I don't want somebody to, to be looking and decide like, oh, do I do I get the, the 10 inch jack weight that I need or do I do I not? And instead, I'm going to. I'm going to get a 12 inch graph instead of a 10, right? Like if you're going to spend the money, we'd rather you spent it somewhere else, but still got the same type of performance um, out of, out of the jack, but we don't want to punish anybody for, you know, trying to save some money or whatever. So it's all pricing is the same. Again, it, it's really no difference to us in terms of what our costs are. Um, it's not like, uh, you know, we, it's not like we're taking some, some crazy risk there. It's, it just seems once you start thinking about it, you just wonder why why setbacks would even be priced differently in in general. I mean, the the, the cost difference to, to go from one to the next is just not there. Not significant. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And and just this is a more of a personal question on on my end of understanding kind of the walleye side of stuff. Just being that you're in Minnesota and are probably around a good amount of walleye guys, um, are hydraulic jack plates used in the walleye boat market? They're getting there. Um, okay. So a uh, couple of the, the biggest walleye pros um, in the country, uh, Gary Parsons, Keith Cabayas, Chase Parsons. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've worked with them for a number of years. They, they've awesome. got a TV show called The Next Bite TV. It's on Discovery, and, and they're all tournament anglers. Awesome, awesome dudes. Uh, and, and they were kind of the, the leading uh, force in that to, to get jack plates on these boats where, where they just – it wasn't really a big thing for these guys back then. And that's why you see like um, – you know, a lot of a lot of these more standard models of jack plates from like Bob's or Atlas, they've got a 250 horsepower rating. Sure. Because uh, that's, you know, it's plenty for a bass boat. Standard and these guys aren't going boat. over 250. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, but these these walleye guys are running, you know, when the 300s came out, they're running those. When 350s 350s, came out, yeah, 400s, those. it's wild. 400s, 450s now, like it's that's it's what's available to these guys and they will take every bit of that motor because these boats are such big, you know, big tubs running through the water. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they're, they're starting to pick it up. Like you said, those guys were, were kind of the, the driving force in that. And a lot of guys are, are, you know, taking their cues on that. And it, it does every bit as of a benefit as, as what it will do for a bass boat there again, you'll see oftentimes those guys will stick with a, you know, a six inch, maybe an eight inch setback. Okay. Uh, again, they're running the big Verados and stuff from Mercury that usually have about four inches of setback already built in. Um, and then okay. just trying to keep that motor as, as close to the boat as possible uh, because of that, that huge weight of some of these motors on the hanging off the back. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's my thought is like, gosh, how strong does a fiberglass or a composite transom have to be to hold a thousand pound motor? And it's like, how far can you push that thing away before you start really putting some stress on stress on things? I mean, just trailering down the road and having vibration yeah. of that motor bouncing. Man, oh, you're not wrong. That's it's it's a lot. The 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 stress in there is unbelievable. Um, we had a uh, years ago, we bought a, a nitro a ZV21, so big deep V boat, and at the time, we were the first you know company or people to put a 350R on one of those boats yeah um we had to go special with mercury racing like hey we want to do this project and and uh so they allowed us to to put that motor on it and that was some of the original testing done on on these jack plate concepts 
was on that boat. We had load sensors. I mean, we did it all, and, and it it uh, it would really blow you away <laughs> to start seeing what, stress. <laughs> what kind of stress goes into that, especially like I said, even at, at top speeds, you're all railed up, and and the force that that big 350 is is pounding into the transom of that boat is is unreal. Wow, that's awesome. Well, um, this has been awesome. Just learning experience. And hopefully folks are getting some value out of this just on jack plates in general. And uh, definitely can't wait to see when you guys release Powertrans uh, new Voltix. Um, it'll be exciting to see uh, the media that you guys do with that and uh, just super clean with the black. I, it just stuck out to me, especially at ICAST. Um, I did want to ask a little bit about, I know that you guys also have another product in the bass boat or in the bass fishing market. Yeah. Um what uh i believe it was foresight was that correct yeah. at, yep. at, i remember seeing that at icast too let's go into a little bit about that for sure yeah the the foresight is uh it's basically a, a forward-facing sonar mount so it, it's going to mount right to the trolling motor so you've got the same stow and deploy capabilities uh, that you'd have if you had the transducer on the trolling motor okay. but it sets it off separately on its own shaft and, and own control so that you can control it independently of the trolling motor with a wireless foot pedal. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, what we've found and what we've seen is, you know, guys mounting these active target, um, you know, mega live panoptics live scope, they're mounting these transducers to the trolling motor and then something happens, you know, they're, they're out there and they, they put the trolling motor into like spot lock or anchor mode mm -hmm. sure. and, and the motor sits there and hunts to keep the boat where it's supposed to be. And that's just constantly throwing off where that transducer is looking. Yep. You have no control over it at that point. So um, controlling it individually was just kind of a, uh, it, it made a lot of sense. And it, it's, yeah. I always tell a story because I think it's funny that, that the idea started early last year. I was talking to one of our, our uh, boat dealers and he was looking for just a mount to hang his live scope off the side of the boat. Sure. Uh, basically like a trail or a track mounted mount. And uh so I came back and, and was working with our, our engineer, Mike, and I was like, this is, this is what they're asking for. Like, you know, can we make something for them? And, and within about 20 minutes of the two of us going back and forth, we had this idea for, well, what if we just mount it to the trolling motor, but control it independently? We had, you know, we had it drawn up and, and everything started going into development on it and then discovered that there were a few other companies out there that were already doing it. Like it, sure. it wasn't, a, it wasn't an original idea like we thought it was. Uh -huh. So then um then we looked at okay there's other companies doing it but that doesn't mean we can't do it better yeah. uh started looking at everything you know reading reviews what they're doing and and you know again it's, it's why it's taken so long i mean the, it started early last year we we had a prototype on the water um i think may of last year okay maybe it was maybe it was september i, I don't remember but but we were you know we're we're going through it and, in here. yeah and it's we just been constantly tweaking it constantly looking at different ways we can do things and, and making it better. And it was, again, one, one of those times where, uh, one of those things where ICAST was, we wanted to do it at ICAST because that's a fishing related product through and through. Like you were like, sure. that's the audience for this product. Um, and so we, we rushed a little bit to, you know, to get our prototypes out there and, and put them in front of people. Uh, we're hoping to follow the same release timeline as, as the Jack plate that we're, we're hoping to get some units on, you know, in the market yet this year, otherwise early next year. But um, yeah, and that one's been, been a ton of fun. Um, we, 
we put a bunch of features into it that at the time, you know, nobody was really doing. We've got an, an auto scan mode. So it'll sit there and, and scan back and forth like this. So you can see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, take it out of scan mode and, and focus on something you're looking at. And then uh, uh, probably the biggest thing is is uh, a feature we're calling Compass Lock, okay. which is essentially, uh, you know, if you can imagine like you, you're looking at a brush pile on your sonar and mm-hmm. you want to stay looking at that brush pile, you can lock it in Compass Lock and then the boat can do 360 degrees all the way around that that brush pile and you'll never stop looking at it. It's going to stay wow. pinned at exactly, you know, exactly where you point it. So if you, you know, like I said, find a brush pile in there, it's holding fish, but it's the, the water's moving you around and you still stay looking at it and cast to it all day long. Love it. Love it. Well, and that's, I mean, uh, just, just with what was released, obviously with Minn Kota and, uh, hummingbird, um, just what's cool about this though, is that it's compatible with all of them, right? As far as your Garmin, I mean, I, there's not much Garmin is awesome, awesome forward facing sonar unit. The Rance has one. So does hummingbird now. Um, but it, it can be compatible with all of them. Yeah. And, and that's, it's another funny story. Like when, when Hummingbird released their mega target lock, um, there was like a 20 minute period of panic here where it was like, we missed our window right now. These major manufacturers are going to start doing it. And, uh, and it, it didn't take long to realize that that Hummingbird was doing a tremendous job of advertising for us by you know, all the marketing dollars that they put into explaining why this technology is necessary and why everybody's going to want it and how big a deal it is, uh, only to then, like you said, they're, they're limited to their, you know, their one boat network and, and their, their setup and ours is universal. So they essentially told everybody that has a, you know, an active target or a live scope that this technology is important, uh, but they're, but they don't have a unit to service them. So that, I mean, it, it really, it really set us up for a lot of success at ICAST. A lot of people were coming by to look at it. We had our unit in the new product showcase right next to theirs. Uh, so a lot of people that, you know, again, especially guys that, that were Garmin or Lowrance guys that knew they couldn't use a mega target lock were coming to look at ours and go, that's probably the one I need. For sure. No, that's, that's awesome. Um, really cool, innovative stuff again. Um, one thing I did want to think about or, or talk through with that too is just so I've always been a foot pedal guy when it comes yeah. to forward facing sonar. Like I I I I like it on the on the trolling motor shaft. Um now with it being off like that, and I, I remember seeing the foot pedal at iCast. So is it is it like a standard kind of um I mean you can adjust left and right with it? How does how does that work? It, and then are you having to then, cause there's kind of two camps, right? In my eyes, there's folks who are on the trolling motor shaft with everything. And then yes. there's folks who are against that. And that's kind of more crappie world. And then you see some guys in the bass world also do it where they have it on their isolated pole yeah. um, separately. But, but how does that work? Um, is it, is it more of a foot pedal or I guess explain how it, how it turns? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, it is, it's, it's a wireless foot pedal. Um, okay. it's another area that we looked at, uh, you know, our competitors in that space, a lot of them were, you know, kind of repurposing, like the best way to describe it is it looks like, like an old sewing machine foot pedal, you know, these okay. big blocky boxy looking, you know, pedals. Um, and we spent a lot of time, believe it or not, developing, our foot pedal. Cause we wanted, you know, ours is custom built for this application. Like it's literally 
every part of that foot pedal is machined in-house here. Um, so we spent a lot of time, like, it's going to sound weird, but like putting, you know, cutting out different shapes and sizes and putting them on the floor and figuring out which one felt uh, comfortable, yeah. um, you know, so that you weren't reaching too far to go from one side to the next, but they weren't close enough that you were going to, you know, hit left when you meant to hit right. Um, you know, again, just, just pieces that, that go, it's a more complete unit. And we wanted to make sure that, that guys like yourself that are, you know, they're more comfortable with the, the foot pedal to drive the trolling motor, that this isn't such a foreign concept that, you know, if you got to pull your foot off the foot pedal, of the trolling motor, you come over here and hit a button. It's intuitive. You don't have to look down and figure out where you're pressing, you know, based on the shape, uh, which is a, you know, it's a unique kind of that, that figure eight almost shape that helps your foot guide to each side of that pedal. Gotcha. Um, and then we finish it off with, uh, we're working with a, a local company here, Aqua Traction, um, that is doing, you know, those those foam, uh, like flooring and stuff for boats. And they're, sure. they're building these custom pads for over the top of it. And I always say, like, it's, it's a marketing tool because it's got our logo in there. And it looks really cool. Um, but for somebody like myself, like, I... I can't remember the last time in the summer that I fished with shoes on. Like I barefoot fish. That's yeah. just how I do it. I, I'm um, with you. Just make it com- more comfortable to step in and hit that thing with your foot. So nice. Nice. Yeah. I love it. And and now is that because it's mounted off of the trolling motor shaft itself, can you also run like a humming hummingbird 360 and that unit? Or is that not compatible? Yep. Um, so there's, we're, we're in the final stages of building out. It's basically a spacer kit, uh, that we're building to allow you to put the 360 on that same, that same shaft with the foresight. Um, that's, it's just a, another way essentially just mounting something else on there. It just requires a a look. So that'll be available when, you know, when the foresights are available for sale, you'd be able to, you'd probably pick that up as a, as an upgrade or something, you know, a few bucks to, to get a, get that kit and be able to put your 360 on it for sure one thing uh that's guys are gonna have to start getting really strong lats and backs because i've went from uh my my boat having 360 and uh live scope transducer on the shaft and now we're starting to see where guys will run 360 an additional shaft with it and and i picked up a trolling motor the other day without a 360 on it and i almost fell in the back of the boat this is so much lighter yeah gosh now it's like it's gonna be like you better have a a workout if you're if you're running and gunning and you're like hitting 50 spots in a day like man you're getting a good pump on on one side yeah it's it's gonna work you out pretty good there's a lot that's uh getting tacked onto that trolling motor now and and you know they're not Trolling motors themselves are not particularly light and you start stacking everything on there and, and you go in and still and deploy it. You said 20, 50 times in a day, you're going to feel it. Um, there's no, no way around that. But one thing we did do um, that directly came as a result of conversations at ICAST is uh, we got back, we started designing a, uh, a quick release bracket oh, to nice. be able to uh, basically pull the, the whole foresight unit off your trolling motor and lay it down next to the boat or lay it down, you know, in, on the deck. So strap um, it and strap it down. Yep. Uh, you know, it, for guys that, that have issues with their boat cover, not wanting to fit because of that, oh, unit, huge. Um, yeah. you put it away, you can just take it off. It's, it's basically one, one little lever and, and pull the whole unit off. So, um, you know, and again, in a situation like maybe you're going to a lake, you're not going to need it. You know, you can take it off. Or and if set you're it in grass, high. right? I mean, if you're yeah. in a bunch of grass up shallow, it's a pain. Everyone's everyone's kind of gone through either 
having uh, 360 or 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 your live scope transducer or any extra stuff down there. It's just more stuff yeah. to get tangled on. So, so then I can pull it off and not have to worry about, you said the, the weight of stowing and deploying it when you're not using it, um, you know, you can, you can eliminate that. Yeah, that's, that's nifty. I like that. And back to, to tie this all the way back around into jack plates and bass boats in general. Um, another thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately here, when it comes to boat manufacturers and getting your boat to ride correctly and all that is think about how much weight now, even 10 years ago, how much we're adding to the front of the boat. Two, three graphs a lot of the times when you're seeing, especially in touring level guys stuff, two to three graphs on the front of the boat. And then all this extra weight on the trolling motor. Trolling motors have just gotten heavier over time, right? They've gotten stronger, bigger. I mean, boats are, I mean, (laughs) there's a lot of weight in that bow. Like they've got to have some lift out of the back just to get the, the bow up. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's funny. Um, like it said, my, my parents live on a lake. I, I grew up on a lake and, and it's not, it's a lake that's not very far from here. So a lot of times uh, if we got to go and test something, we'll, we'll grab a boat, we'll hop over and just put in on that lake and, and do testing or whatever. And, and my parents are both retired now. So my dad will come out on the dock and just be kind of looking around it. And he's just, he's flabbergasted about all this new fangled technology that exists on these boats, right? Like he grew up, you know, basically cane pole fishing and, yeah. you know, now you see a, a boat with like the three graphs, a trolling motor, a mega live, a foresight, you know, all hanging off the front of the boat. It's it's become a lot. But, um, you know, what I said is it's if you're going to if you're in tournaments that allow this stuff, I mean, you, you have to run it or you're going to have a real tough time competing. Um, guys that guys that have this stuff and you see it like, you know, we watch a lot of the MLF live events and stuff like that. I mean, you see these guys. Uh, you know, Dustin Connell just won, you know, one on Cayuga smallmouth fishing using his active target. Like yeah. it, it's, it's become so vital to, you know, to tournament fishing and keeping up that, that it's just, people are just going to continue to innovate and look for new ways of doing this stuff. And, you know, weight wise, I, I think if I, if I had any way of, of uh, getting into like lithium batteries, I, that would be the company to get into right now because that's how you're going to save that weight by tucking Let's everything out, else in here and, right, right here yeah. seriously check them out <laughs> we can have a conversation after but they uh they they just came out with their lithium line and i agree i mean any weight to save is possible because <laughs> boats are just getting heavier with more and more technology yeah and you know you get a tournament load a you know live well if you run it it's it's crazy what what the weights are but like i said it's it's all you know, it, it's a, it's an industry that'll continue to go. People are going to continue to, to innovate and do stuff because it is such a, you know, such a passion for so many people. Uh, you know, it's just fishing, spending money on the, but like you said, you're, you're a fan of bass boats in general. Like that's, you know, guys are like that. They, they might build a, you know, the, the most wicked bass boat on the market and then they only fish like once or twice a year. Like 100%. it's all about building the this cool machine that has all the bells and whistles and everything it's it's like i said it it is an industry for sure exactly yeah yeah awesome awesome man well we're we're rolling up on an hour here um just wanted to say thanks for for taking the time out and really appreciate you coming on before i let you go biggest thing um that I asked guests at the end of the show is your three biggest largemouth, smallmouth, and if you caught a spotted bass, not sure with Minnesota being up there, but but largest smallmouth, uh, largemouth, and spotted bass, and where you were and what you caught them on. 
Sure. You know what? I is a little bit embarrassing, but my my biggest largemouth, I still haven't cracked four pounds. Um, yeah. I, I fish a lot of these these smaller lakes around here, and and I was northern a, chains are hard to get real big. You know, <laughs> I mean, like a six a six pound northern, in my opinion, is like that's a real big one. Yeah, and that that's what you catch a lot of big ones on, and the walleyes, like, all that stuff. But um, yeah. no, I, I was using a, a black and blue chatter bait with a black okay. and blue um, swim bait trailer, and caught one that was just under. I was like 3.82, nice. uh, biggest large mouth, um, small mouth. I, I, I never actually got a weight on it, but based on the size and pictures I have, I'm, I'm guessing it was, you know, about three and a half pounds. And, and the craziest thing is that was on, on the river and I was actually fishing for carp at the time, really? so a big hook, um, with a bunch of crap on it, no way. <laughs> and way to just throw it up into the, into the current and, and he grabbed it. So that was, wow. that was wild. Um, and never caught a spotted bass, never okay. caught a spotted bass. Sure. Sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, how can folks follow along with Powertran and, um, can, can get ready to see that Voltix release? For sure. So our main website, www.powertran.com, um, we're actually in the middle of some really cool updates. We're giving the whole thing a you know brand new facelift to celebrate these two uh, these two new products that are getting uh, dropped. Awesome. Uh, I've got specific you know websites or whatever for each of our products, so um, you can check out impulsejackplates.com is going to okay. get you this. You can check out the impulse and, and uh, see all the, the updates on the Voltics, and then foresightmounts.com. Uh, it has a bunch of information on the foresight, just kind of some some landing pages while the website actually gets uh, up and running. And then uh, they all have their own social channels, too. So um, you can follow Impulse Jackplates on Instagram and Facebook and Foresight Mounts on Instagram and Facebook. And, and that's really where where the most kind of up to the date, up to date uh, info is going to come from is probably on the social channels and, until the website's ready to rock. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Stephen. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your day. And um, can't wait to see everything. And uh, if you're going to be at the Classic or for sure at ICAST next year, um, Redcrest, we're going to try and make all the shows, the Serious Angler crew. So uh, definitely a lot to stay in touch. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we're, we're pretty well signed up for, for ICAST next year. And, and uh, never, we've never done the Classic yet, but we've been told that we should. And, and so I, I'd almost, almost guarantee we're going to be there. But it's, it's something I've never experienced before, so I have no idea what to expect. Um, so uh like so you'll probably see us there it'll just be it's going to kind of be a learning experience as we check it all out it's it's awesome man i mean just from an anecdotal of, of just uh being to both now just it, it's definitely more people than like an iCast, right mm -hmm. uh just walking around it's more of your traditional sportsman show like you were, you were talking earlier but just bigger right and a lot of fishing fans and and uh um folks walking in that don't necessarily know about fishing and then a lot of folks that are there that do so uh, more definitely more of a consumer show obviously than than For like sure. an iCast but uh in, incredible man and it would be it'd be cool and this year you're probably not terribly far in in, in, in Tennessee this year Tennessee, yeah. So, yeah yeah but awesome well I'm sure we'll see you down the road somewhere and uh, appreciate you taking the time out and can't wait to see everything you guys have going Hey, thanks a lot for having me, Adam. Like I said, it was, it was a blast. Pleasure to be here. Uh, first podcast, so it was kind of cool experience. And yeah, um, you'll see us around. We're, we're, we're primed to do some pretty big stuff here. Awesome. Love it, Stephen. Thanks, man. Hey, thank you. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, 
please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all. And we'll see y'all on the next one.